to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 14th of January 2018, entitled, What Happens When We Get Discouraged? And the Bible readings are taken from Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 10, and Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, if you'd like to open your Bibles this evening, first of all, to Deuteronomy chapter 1. When you found that, just stick your finger in there. Turn over to Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading in, uh, in Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. says, I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's Word. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, <clears throat> and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap, <clears throat> if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 1, and in verse 21, God speaking through his servant Moses to the nation of Israel, preparing them to enter into the promised land, he says, Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. Father, we thank you this evening that, Lord, as we have this privilege of looking into your word again this evening, Father, we thank you so much. Thank you that you've preserved your word for us that we might know the truth this evening. Thank you for your spirit that lives within us, and we pray in these next moments that we gather around your word together as a church family here, Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, give us that which each and every one needs this evening, and we'll truly give you all the praise and honor and glory for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. There are many things that could be said about this passage in Galatians chapter 6. But I really just want to pick it out, and then I really want to bear in on verse 9 down here and, and, and verse really, really verses 7 to 10, if you would. But it begins here in chapter 6. The reality is, is that in the Christian walk, in the Christian life, sometimes, sometimes people stumble. Sadly, we're not all as perfect as we ought to be. We've still got that hope to look forward to one day, but in this life, we stumble along the way sometimes. But he's giving us this encouragement here, if you would, that 
when someone that is one of our brothers or sisters in Christ, this is talking about the relationship between believers. When we see that somebody has been overtaken in a fault, they've stumbled, they've made a bad choice, they've done something, and so often what we're going to look at in a few moments is that so many times those things come when Christians are discouraged, when people are feeling down. Sometimes it's great when you're feeling good and you're on the mountaintop, you can just absolutely conquer anything. One preacher said one time, said you could swing over hell on a rotten grapevine with a water pistol, praise God. You can take anything on. But that's not the way every day of our lives, is it? So many times. But what I want us to grasp here, first of all, is that when somebody is discouraged, uh, when somebody is down, when somebody is facing a difficult time, the one thing that we can always, always, always do is to be there for each other. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. When somebody, through discouragement or whatever, they've been overtaken in a fault, let's not kick them down, let's not look down upon them, let's try to lift them up and realize that it's only by God's grace and God's strength that any of us don't fall, that any of us don't falter in that time when it comes along. And he gives us this great thing. We see two responsibilities here. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We see somebody else struggling. We need to be there for them. And of course, in verse 5, for every man shall bear his own burden. We do have a responsibility. And in God's strength, to carry our burdens. So many times we can expect everybody else to carry our burdens for us and just leave us to get on. No, we have that responsibility, but when we see our brother struggling with that burden, we ought to be there to help him, to take on that burden, to help him along. And of course he goes on, but then he, he tells us in verse 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever men soweth, that shall he also reap. In direct context of what he's just been talking about here, be careful what you sow. When somebody else has been overtaken in a fault and they've stumbled, have you been there to help? What kind of seeds are you sowing? What about when the time comes when it's you that's been overtaken in a fault? You see, I can promise you this, that the greatest thing that you can ever do in this life is to show the love of Christ, the love that Christ has shown to you, to those around you. Let his love be shown through you. But here we find that what we sow, that we shall also reap. When we are sowing to the flesh, it's only going to bring corruption. This flesh, this flesh is corruptible. There's nowhere for it to go. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap spirit, shall reap in the Spirit and reap life everlasting. In this life, we have many of our struggles, and many of our struggles are physical struggles, but we have many spiritual battles as well. And we need to be there for one another. And, of course, these encouraging words in verse 9 let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We've sung some of the songs pertaining to that this evening. And I want us to think, because you see, back in Deuteronomy, when Moses was trying to prepare the nation of Israel for going into the promised land, we find that they were given both instructions and a tremendous promise in the verse that we read there in chapter 1, verse 21, Behold, the Lord thy God has set the land before thee. 
Go up and possess it, as the Lord of thy fathers has said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. Folks, when we're going where God has sent us to, when we're following the path that he set before us, we don't have to fear what man can do to us. We don't have to fear this world. We realize, and as we look on later, we saw when the, when the 12 spies went in that 10 of those 12 only saw the giants. They saw the problems. They saw the difficulties. They'd failed before they ever got there. But two of them, they saw the greatness of their God. They knew that these giants could be overtaken because it was God that had sent them there. What happens when we get discouraged? We get into those, those, those deep valleys, and sometimes they can be very deep indeed. Well, if we're not very careful, when we get discouraged, we'll pray the wrong prayers. You see, we need to be there. The Word is encouraging us to be there for one another. Because when you're the one that's in that valley, when you're the one that's going through that time of encouragement, sometimes you yourself will not be praying what you need to pray. Sometimes we don't even realize and understand. If you look back into uh, to numbers, just uh, just keeping our focus upon uh, on what God was doing here with the uh, uh, with the nation of Israel, uh, look back into the book of Numbers, chapter eleven. Numbers chapter eleven. Notice what the Word of God says here. First of all, picking up in in in, in verse ten, it says, "Then Moses heard the people weep." Throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. Now, I want you to notice here, Moses is displeased. Moses' problem is what he sees in everybody else. To, he, he hears these other people in the crowd. And notice what Moses prays when he cries out. He's upset with what others are doing. He says, and Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? God, what in the world have I done? Why are you putting the burden of these people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom as a nursing father beareth the sucking child? unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers. Look, you've made the promises. But, Lord, they're down, and, they're, and, they're, and here they are. They're in their tents, and they're, and they're crying. Lord, why in the world have you put me here to try to, to lead and to help this people? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me. I pray thee out of hand. If I found favor in thy sight and let me not see my wretchedness. Lord, I don't want to carry these other people's burdens. Lord, why have you put me here? Why have you put this upon me? Just take me out of here. I don't want to live any longer. I don't want to do what you sent me here to do. Moses was discouraged, but he wasn't even discouraged because of what he was doing. He was discouraged because of what others around him were doing. It caused him to pray the wrong prayer. That's not what God expects of, of, of his people. If you look just a, a bit further in your Bible, in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, it begins at verse 1, says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, 
and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. He's running out of fear, isn't he? But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, It is enough now, Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. You see, so many times when we get discouraged, we can pray the wrong prayer. That doesn't make it okay. But I'm saying to you here, we, we need to be very careful. If we're the ones that are being discouraged, then we need to be careful what we're praying to the Lord. If God's put us in a certain place and God, God has us there for a reason, do we believe God? Do we belong to God? Do we believe that He's in control of our lives? Do we believe all the wonderful promise that He's made to us? That doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. It doesn't mean that we aren't going to get into some difficult times and sometimes we're going to make the wrong choices, but in the end, He is our strength. If we're the ones praying, we need to be careful. Stop and consider what it is that we're asking of the Lord because we see very clearly here in Scripture that when people become discouraged, they can easily pray the wrong prayers. So that needs to be a warning to us, but by the same token, it should let you realize that when you see a brother or sister that's discouraged, you need to pray for them. That's one thing you can always, always, always do for everybody because so many times we'll pray the wrong prayers. But it doesn't just make us pray the wrong prayers. <laughs> It'll make us say the wrong things. We can pray the wrong things to God, but we can also say the wrong things to each other. Look back into the book of, uh, of Numbers again. And look into Numbers chapter 20. And look what the Word of God shows us here. In Numbers chapter 20, picking up in verse, uh, verse 7, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rocks, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts to drink. Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. What did God tell Moses to do? He told him to use that rod to smite the rock and to bring forth water for the people. But that was to be a testimony of what God was doing for them. Moses and all of his upsetness and everything, he looked at it and he, he smote the rock. But then he took credit for what God had done. He took the credit. It looked like what we have had to do for you. And then God said, because you did not 
sanctify me. Moses, you know that it was me that did that work. But Moses, you took the credit for it yourself before this people here. Notice in the very next chapter, in chapter 21, notice what it says there in verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to come past the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore, have you brought us up out of the Egypt to die in the list? Lord, what in the world have you got me here? Did you bring us up out of bondage in Egypt just to let us die here in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. The people were discouraged. The road was, they, they didn't expect it to be that hard. I mean, Lord, why, why are you sending us this way? This is, this is too hard, Lord. They were speaking against God and where he had them. They weren't where they wanted to be, but they were where God wanted them to be. You see, if we're not careful, when we're discouraged, we'll not only pray the wrong prayers to God, but we will speak the wrong words with our mouth. We find that the psalmist wrote in, in Psalm 116, he said this in verse 11. He said, I said in my haste, all men are liars. Have you ever said anything in haste? Have you ever said anything when as soon as you've spoken those words, you wish so much that you could just take them back? You see, so often, folks, may I say, the Lord told them not to be discouraged. When the discouragement comes, it's usually because that whatever has happened somehow there's a lack of trust. The people didn't really, it, God, are you, this, this is not, this can't be what you want. What are you trying to do to it? They're not pleased with what God is doing. We find that will we take God's word? He's made us the promises. He made the nation of Israel a specific promise. But he's made so many promises to you this evening. You see, we look at, uh, we look at Job, and that's one of the greatest examples in Scripture to to each and every one of us that, man, things don't always go the way that we think they're going to. We're feeling discouraged. We're feeling down. We can go to Job. I mean, he was the most upright man. <laughs> this didn't come on him because that he was doing something bad or evil. God had a purpose in what he allowed. But in Job chapter 3, and yes, I mean, Job had lost everything. He had lost his material wealth. He had lost his family. He had lost everything that he had built up all of his life in this life. After this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born. And the night in which it was said, There is a man-child conceived. Job was discouraged. Folks, we can read back. We can see the conversation in heaven before that it struck Job. We can look back, and it's, and it's great for us to have the hindsight to say, well, Job, why didn't you trust God? Job just saw his world crumbling around him. And even this man that was an upright man that was one of the, the greatest spiritual men of his day, with his world crumbling around him, there came this point when he cursed the very day that he'd been born. He just wanted 
to die. You see, when we get discouraged, sometimes in that discouragement, we can pray the wrong prayers. We can say the wrong things as we see these examples here. We may say them to God. We may blame God for things that that really God doesn't deserve being blamed for because we don't trust Him. We think that somehow things have gone wrong. God doesn't get it wrong. God has a reason. Do you really believe that all things work together for your good? If you love God, if you're called according to His, do you really believe that? Why does the Bible tell us that we're to, to rejoice in all things? We don't always understand why we're there. When the discouragement comes, it can cause us to pray the wrong prayers. It can cause us to say the wrong things, but it can also cause you to do the wrong things. Sometimes you'll do things in discouragement that you wouldn't do normally. Look back to Numbers chapter 20 again. This is the passage that we, that we just read there a moment ago. What did it say there in verse 8? God gave him the instructions to take the rod, to gather the assembly together, to speak to those rocks before their eyes, to bring forth that water that God might be glorified, that the people might see what God was doing. But in verse 11, when they did it, he smote it, and the water came out abundantly. But Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. Moses took credit for what God had done. And down in verse 24, Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because ye rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. Because of what you did there, you have to pay the consequences for it here. Look over just a few pages in your Bible in Numbers chapter 27. In Numbers chapter 27, Notice what he says, picking up in verse 12. The Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into this mount, Abram, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, thou also shalt be gathered unto thy people as Aaron thy brother was gathered. Why? For you rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before their eyes, that is the water of Meribah and Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. You see, Moses, in this instance here, when he was discouraged because of the, the people's doubts and the people disbelieving, because of the people's murmurings and whatnot, he not only said the wrong things, he did the wrong things. And as a consequence of that, God said, I'm not allowing you to enter into the promised land with them. You're not going to be able to do that, Moses, because you didn't do. You disobeyed me. You didn't do what I asked you to do. There are consequences. Folks, we need to be careful. When we know that we're discouraged, we need to be careful what we pray for. We need to be careful what we say with our mouths. We need to be careful with the, the actions that we do because so many times we'll do these things without even realizing what we're doing. In Numbers chapter 13, we find that not only will it cause you to pray the wrong prayer and say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing, sometimes it's because you're seeing the wrong thing. In Numbers chapter 13, notice what it says picking up in verse 26. 
And when they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel and to the wilderness of Haran and to Kadesh and brought backward unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land, and they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountain, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we will able to overcome it. We are well able to overcome it. But the man that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come from the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. You see, they were seeing the wrong thing. They were seeing the obstacles. They were seeing the troubles. Did God not promise them? Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Go up and possess the land that I've given to you. But yet when they went up there of the 12, there was only two of them that saw the possibilities of what God had put before them. The other 10 saw the struggles and the difficulties and the challenges and the battles that they were going to have to face. They saw these giants and they saw these big walled cities and they saw there's no way we can do this. See, when you're discouraged, a lot of times you're looking at the problem. You're looking at the difficulty. You're looking at what's coming against you rather than looking at Who's going to get you through it? <laughs> Looking at the one that's promised you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Looking for the one that's promised you that he'll always be there with you, that he'll always go with you. When he left us with the job to do in this world to take the gospel to the very ends, he promised to go with us every step of the way. You say, preacher, don't you get afraid sometimes? Yes, but only when I'm in the flesh. Not when I'm really understanding God and understanding what he wants to do. All of us face this problem. We all still have to struggle with this flesh. And in the flesh, if we're not careful and we get discouraged, we'll see how big the problem is. We'll see how huge the obstacle is that we've got to get over it. But our God is bigger than any obstacle. Our God is stronger than any enemy that we might face. Don't let the enemy discourage you. You see, that's easier said than done. Oh, I know full well. It is hard sometimes. But recognize, recognize if you're not careful, if you're not careful when you're discouraged, you'll see the wrong thing. You'll see the problem is too big. You'll see that there's no hope. There's always hope with him. There's always a way through with him. God is not going to leave you and abandon you. If God allows you to go through something, it's for your good. It's to help you. It's to make you stronger. I know sometimes I don't understand some of the things I have to go through. This is why we've got to be there to help each other through these things. God doesn't want you to fear. The Bible teaches us that it's perfect love that casteth out fear. Perfect love. 
we find that if we're not careful, discouragements will come. But if we're not careful when we get discouraged, we'll pray the wrong prayers to God. We'll be asking for the wrong things because we're praying in the flesh rather than in the Spirit. We're praying for those things that we might consume upon our own flesh, those things that might make it easier for me. We'll say the wrong things to God and to the people around us. We're speaking the words that we ought not to be speaking. We'll be doing the things that we ought not to be doing. We'll be doing it many times in our own way, just as Moses did, just as Aaron did. When God has given us instructions, let's do it God's way. When we get discouraged sometimes, we want to take it into our own hands. We'll see the wrong things. We'll see the problems and the obstacles. But sometimes when we're discouraged, well, that comes because we even think the wrong thing. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 31, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. Look, this is what's in their mind. They're basing it upon what they saw. They saw the real thing. They haven't seen what God has put before them, the promise that he's made, the land that God has given to them. They've seen the obstacles that they might have to overcome, but then they turn around and they're thinking there's no way. They're thinking that there's no way we can do that. There's no way that we can, can go there. If we look into the Gospel of John in the New Testament, Gospel of John, chapter 11. Notice what the Word of God says. First of all, in verse 32, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. You see, Mary's thinking the wrong thing. She's thinking... Lord, you messed up on this one. I mean, my brother Lazarus, he, he, he's dead. Well, we sent, we asked for your help. We wanted you to get here. But you took too long to get here. Now he's dead. Lord, if you had been here, this would have been different. She was thinking the wrong thing. She genuinely thought that what she was saying was right. She genuinely thought that just as those spies, they really thought in their minds, they thought that those problems were too big, that God had got this wrong. That's not where God wanted them to go, even though he told them that they could go up and possess it, that he'd go with it, not to be discouraged, not to be afraid. You see, that's what Jesus heard from Mary. But then notice down in verse 41 of that same chapter, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. 
And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. You see, Mary said, Mary thought Jesus was too late. <laughs> you blew it here, Lord. We asked you to get here because if you'd got here when he was just sick, you could have still took care of it. But now he's dead. Now the problem's too big for even you. Why weren't you here when we wanted you here? But Jesus makes very clear, hey, <laughs> could have been here. But this is done that the people might really see who I am, that they might see what I can do. It was in God's perfect plan. We don't always understand it. We've got to be careful. When we get discouraged, we can think with absolute sincerity. We can think just like those spies did, that it's just too big for us. We can think just like Mary did, that, 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 that God just wasn't here when he should have been here. But folks, God always knows. And God's always on time. He's never late. Whether we understand it or whether we don't, we've got to trust him. You know that I want to give you this final one because so many times in the Word of God, we find that, that when we get discouraged, we can pray the wrong prayer, we can say the wrong thing, we can do the wrong thing, we can see the wrong thing, we can think the wrong thing, we can just about get it all wrong. But there's something else that, that we also get wrong sometimes. In Jonah chapter 1 and verse 17, we find that Jonah, God was sending Jonah to a people that he didn't really, he didn't really like at all, as a matter of fact. He didn't want anything to do with, uh, with those Gentiles over there. Matter of fact, he was afraid that if he went, that God might, uh, God might actually do something with them. We find that though he was a Jew, he wasn't willing to do what God wanted him to do. Notice what he says there in Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Why did Jonah end up in the belly of that well? Because he didn't want to obey God. He honestly got in the wrong place. <laughs> he got in the wrong place. He ought to have been over there in Nineveh trying to win these people to Christ, but instead he was in the belly of the whale. <laughs> and he was there because God had to get him back on the right path. You see, being discouraged sometimes can get you in the wrong place. It can get you in the wrong place sometimes by your own choices, but it can get you in the wrong place because sometimes... God needs to get you back in the right place. You see, most all of these things, just like everything else in our life, they come from within. In all of these things, you could probably see one of four of these wrong spirits that I want to share with you. You see, the spirit of defeatism. <laughs> we just honestly think that we're defeated. We sing about the victory in Jesus. We talk about all these wonderful verses and promises that, that he's made to it. And yet so many times we see ourselves as defeated. We see the enemy defeating us. We see ourselves as losing. We can't lose with him. He is our strength. He is the one that's there. 
spirit of defeatism, the spirit of murmuring. You ever been guilty of sometimes, sometimes we don't even need anybody else. We'll just murmur to ourselves. <laughs> sometimes there's murmuring just as the people were murmuring amongst themselves. They were blaming God. They were blaming Moses. They were blaming all these other things. And so many times that spirit of murmurism within us, of murmuring, of trying to blame God, of trying to blame someone else instead of just trusting God. I know this wouldn't be any of you. We see it sometimes in the spirit of grouchiness. We become so hard to be around and so hard to live. Nobody wants to be with us. Why? Because we get discouraged and, you know, we just, we not only are murmuring about everybody else, we're grouchy to everybody that comes around. Nothing can make us happy. Well, the spirit of criticism. <laughs> so easy to start looking at all the faults. We're trying to make ourselves look better, really, because we want everything else to look worse. So we start criticizing everybody. Might be the preacher, might be the husband or the wife, might be the person you work beside of. You know, it's always somebody else's somebody else's fault. I just want to encourage you this evening, folks. Life is hard sometimes. Life is difficult sometimes. But you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to. That doesn't mean that we don't sometimes because we tend to lack that strength. But I want to encourage you this evening that you know, we can get discouraged, and all these things are the things that we see in the Bible that can come from our discouragements. Let's make it a point. Let's make it a point to when the devil comes and he tries to paint the picture before us that's just too much of a struggle when we begin to think the wrong things and say the wrong things and do the wrong things and all those things. Let's remember who our Lord really is. Let's remember his promises that he's made to us. Let's not let ourselves get in the wrong place. Let's let ourselves always trust him and let us be there for one another, to encourage one another, to lift one another. Sometimes it's just a simple word. Sometimes it's not what you say. It's just knowing that somebody else is there. You may not know what to say, but you can let them know that you're there with them, that you're there for them. Discouragement is a part of life, but we don't have to. We don't have to if we just trust the Lord enough, if we'll put our faith and trust in Him, if we'll really believe the promises, if we'll truly obey His Word, if we'll truly walk with Him. Don't let the devil beat you down. Call him the liar that he is. Put him in his place. I know. I know it's easier said than done, but you don't have to do it in your strength. You can do it in his strength. He lives and dwells within you. Does the Bible not tell you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? There's no problem out there that will have to defeat you. Father, Father, just thinking as we look around and we see so many times that it's so easy for us to become discouraged in this life, discouraged with people, discouraged with problems. We see these discouragements as we've just picked out these few passages here. They can come from all kinds of things in life. We thank, Lord, that... Uh, that, uh, that your timing isn't right, that you're not where you need to be, that somehow that we've gotten in this position because of you or because of others. Lord, we see that it's very, very easy for us to be thinking wrong and praying wrong and saying wrong and thinking wrong and seeing wrong. And Lord, we just pray that you'd help us. Help us, as the old songwriter says, to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Help us to recognize and realize that, yes, it may be hard, and we may not even see the way through it, 
We may not know all the answers, but we know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is there with us. We know. You know, you promise us in there that if we'll just do it right, if we'll just not faint, that we will reap in the end. Help us, Lord. Help us to be strong. Help us to stand in your strength. Help us to look for that which you've got for us at the end. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.